Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Robertson and my name is Mark Rennick. Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. Uh, Victory Over Sin is a program that is sponsored by Systemic Change of Idaho. And during the first part of this show, what I attempt to do is to explain to you what that is. Systemic Change of Idaho is a funded advocacy program through the St. Vincent de Paul Conference here in southwest Idaho. And what we do, our mission, if you will, is to educate Idahoans about what it's like to be on parole and to survive on parole. We think that's a very strong mission, and we do that in several different ways. One of them is to do this show, and the other is to put together a powerful PowerPoint that we've had for about a year now in which we go out and we share with service groups and churches and individual businesses in which we articulate what it's like to be on parole. It highlights some things that we don't think the average Idahoan knows about talks about how much it costs, how many people are in the system, what indeterminate sentencing is about, and if you've been in the system, you understand what that's about. We've got major issues here in Idaho, and we do not feel that the people of Idaho understand those issues, nor are they aware of how expensive it is for us as Idahoans. Uh, this got started, actually, from a conference from St. Vincent de Paul about five years ago. It's a, if you don't know, St. Vincent de Paul is an organization that helps the poor and the needy, And what they found was so many people were getting out of incarceration and they decided to do a conference, if you will, specifically for people getting out of prison. And it's been going about five years ago. A church group asked me to be a part of that original group, and I'm still a part of that group. And what we do is people coming out of incarceration call a specific number. They say we're just released from incarceration. And then two of us come out and actually visit them in their home. We help them with rent. We'll give them a bicycle if they want one, a bus pass if they want one. We'll help them with a clothing voucher. And we'll generally kind of visit with them in that what is of a sentient approach. It has been very successful over five years. And because of that success, if you will, it got some attention on a national basis for St. Vincent de Paul. Now, the St. Vincent de Paul, if you may or may not know, is in 152 different countries. And there's a million people who are Vicentians in the world. But they have an entity called the reentry approach. And in that reentry approach, they had five pilot programs. And so one of, the person, one of the persons who ran that program flew out to Idaho, spent a couple of days with us and said, hey, I like what you're doing. What would you like to do with some money on an experimental basis? And we said, hey, we're going to form Systemic Change of Idaho. And that's what we're doing. So that's what we've been doing. 2018 looks to be a fantastic year for us because we've got some expanded money. We're going to move from what is Ada County area and Parole Region 4 into Parole Region 3 into Canyon County. And we're going to partner with Canyon Wellness Clinic over there to do the same kind of drop-in, first-day kind of situations that people have as they come out of incarceration. As you may or may not know, our office is the first stop, we like to say, for people as they leave the institution. They come in, we run a little voucher for some clothing, and we give them resources as to go forward. We're going to be talking also about, and we have been in the past, talking about a, um, an organization on a national basis called Just Leadership USA, which I'm proud to be associated with. And uh, we're going to have a guest, uh, a person from that location, all the way from New York City here in just a second. 
And so be looking for information about them as we go forward also. So we'll take a break, and then I'll introduce my guests. We'll be right back. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families? to help them transition back into our community. This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and Coffee Shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208. 629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, I'm excited today actually to have uh, a guest from that organization we were just talking about, Just Leadership USA. I've got Janos Martin. For, he is the Director of Policy and Campaigns. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, it's my first time on Idaho Radio. That's it. Well, there aren't too many people that can say they've been on Idaho Radio, and you're a gentleman from New York City. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to kind of share with us what's going on. You and I met, you and I met a few months ago in New York and a very powerful organization. Tell us a little bit about you first before we get into the organization, your background and your, uh, where are you from? Sure. Well, I'm a born and raised New Yorker, uh, and I have lived across the United States um, working on organizing campaigns in places like South Dakota and, and Mississippi. Um, but I spent most of my life in New York. Uh, I'm an attorney and an advocate, and in particular the last few years I've been very committed to uh, righting the, the enormous wrongs of our criminal justice system, and that's what led me to wind up at Just Leadership USA. And you're a Dartmouth graduate. I noticed when I did my homework on you, I didn't know this, but you were student body president twice. Wow. Yep, that's that's right. Uh, I was a, a student activist, but I also like to go out and have fun, so I like to think I built a pretty unique coalition of people to uh, help me win that election twice. Congratulations. And then you go on to Fordham, and now you're an attorney? Yeah, that's right. And so I've spent most of my career working on civil rights issues, um, anti-corruption issues, uh, really making sure that the government is held accountable for when they take away people's rights in whatever form that takes. And, and the role I've been in now, it's making sure that people who are caught up in our system of mass incarceration uh, have an ability to turn their lives around and that we can prevent people from being caught up in that system in the first place. When I was back in New York and um, with that group of people uh, in terms of our first meeting and the, the events that I've gone to, to Just Leadership USA, it was very powerful to be in a group of people who had all been incarcerated like myself, but you're not in that situation, are you? Uh, no, I've had uh, limited criminal justice involvement, um, but certainly I'm not, uh, I have not been formally incarcerated and have not had the incredible experiences that you refer to. Um, if I could just dive in for a second to give more, more color, I mean, Just Leadership USA, uh, one of the main roles the organization serves is to lift the voices of formerly incarcerated leaders around the country. And so uh, when we bring fellows in from around the country, 35 folks every year, uh, you hear powerful stories. And there are similarities in uh, the struggles that people face all across the country as they go through prison and coming home, and, but there's also really powerful similar stories of triumph, how people are able to turn their lives around, become leaders locally, uh, even at the state or national level, and really push for changes to prevent other people from having to deal with the same struggles that they had to. 
I, 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 was, I was humbled in terms of listening to the different uh, situations that people have gone through in terms of my group and um, continue to be amazed. You kind of sit in this room with all these people who seem to have overcome tremendous odds to be uh, advocates and to be leaders in their specific perspective areas of the country. And it's just, it really is humbling. It's powerful. And uh, uh, that's one of the things that attracted me to the organization. The other one is, is, is our leader and our founder too. Uh, you were struck by Glenn too, I think, right? In terms of getting involved. Absolutely. You know, when I was in law school, I had run a program for 16 and 17 year olds who were incarcerated on uh, Rikers Island, which is the biggest jail complex in New York. And, um, having gone there, you know, every weekend I was, I just knew what a horrible place it was. And as somebody who's an attorney and an advocate, I was struck by how little the, the, the horrors of Rikers came up in advocacy conversation. And then one day, uh, in late 2015, I saw a man named Glenn Martin speak on a panel at a college talking about how he had himself served uh, time on Rikers twice as a young man. But now, um, as a leader in the field, he was going to be launching a campaign to close Rikers Island which is about as bold and audacious a campaign as you can imagine. Right. This is a jail complex in New York City that's been around for more than 80 years. It has more than 14,000 beds. For a lot of communities, it just feels like part of New York, you know, for all its evils, it just seems like it's a stain that you can't get out. And uh, when Glenn said he was going to close it, I was struck by that. I said, finally, this is the kind of bold campaign that we need if we're really going to turn this system around. And so uh, I tried my best to connect with him, and that eventually led to me working uh, at Just Leadership with Glenn. And so he, he had founded this organization in 2014 with the goal of cutting the U.S. correctional population in half by 2030 and lifting the voices of currently and formerly incarcerated people. And so um, I've had the privilege of, uh, I, I had the privilege of working with him for two years as his director of policy and campaigns. And certainly uh, he's made an enormous impact on the field and, uh, and on the country and allowing people to think differently about people who have criminal records who have been incarcerated. I know he, um, and again, I think I've, it's been, I have, I went to the Chicago event, I think the one day seminar almost uh, like, like 18, 19 months ago or so. And I came back with telling stories of some of the things that he mentioned even in that one day situation. And uh, when I came back and started talking about half the incarceration rate by 2030, people uh, were surprised, were, uh, didn't know what I was talking about. But the more you hang around, we got to, we have gotten to hang around uh, Glenn. I heard him also, I heard the speech that he really did in in um, Milwaukee earlier this year, uh, or late last year, I think it was. And uh, it was very powerful. I got to hear the whole hour and a half kind of presentation. And he really is just a, a tremendous speaker. And I got to hear the whole story. So it makes you even more empowered to want to kind of go forward and to support the causes that he articulated so well in those things. He, he does that so, so, so well. Absolutely. And I mean, he is uh, an absolutely captivating speaker and, and, and powerful leader. But I think what he'd probably be most proud of is the, the room that you referred to, the, the creation of a space where you can have 35 leaders come together every year to become a, a cohesive unit for, for change. Uh, and we've seen with our past just uh, leading with conviction groups that um, – people stay in touch with each other and support each other's work all around the country. And so he, he founded Just Leadership because we're not going to solve mass incarceration with just a few voices, but rather uh, it's going to require the, the voices of hundreds and thousands of people who have been impacted by the system uh, pushing for change. And so um, I, I believe that, you know, he is probably most proud of that facet of Just Leadership, that we now have formerly incarcerated people who are in uh, prominent positions at nonprofits and governments, 
federal government, local government, um, in the media, uh, getting articles published, getting books published, going on television, telling their stories. And it's really creating a different uh, dynamic than there used to be in this space. I think I told you, too, I think what I learned uh, the last time we were there was uh, it kind of hit home for me when I said, as you're listening to me, because a lot of people who are listening to me, number one, have been incarcerated, and a lot of you are in the desert still about to be released. I liken it to, and I heard it said in New York this last time when I was there, I liken it to the what AARP is to the senior citizen, just leadership wants to be for the incarcerated. Absolutely. You know, there, and we do have a long way to go to get to where the AARP is, but yeah. the fact of the matter is uh, there has to be an organization where um, it's not just that your, your criminal record is something that is acceptable, it's something that we acknowledge is an important part of your past was something that can give you an insight into why we, how we need to make changes in this country. So um, when you think about how many people acknowledge that mass incarceration is a problem today and how many people recognize that we need to fix our system so fewer people wind up in jail and prison, that people have more support while they're incarcerated, that people have more support when they come home, people all agree on this, but very often they exclude from that conversation the people who actually are most impacted by these policies. And so that's fundamentally what we're trying to change. And just uh, two weeks ago, we launched a campaign called Two Million Voices. And as the name suggests, that campaign specifically is highlighting the input and voices of people who are currently incarcerated right now. Because mm-hmm. one of the things Glenn always used to say is those closest to the problem are closest to the solution. And we feel that uh, there are lots of reports out there saying, how do you solve mass incarceration? But we would like to actually put out a report saying, this is how people who are currently incarcerated, who have lived through the system and seen its flaws, um, think that it should be remedied, think that we can do better. And so to that end, we're very much encouraging people who are currently incarcerated, including folks in the desert, to uh, become members of Just Leadership USA and and share their voices on how we can make a difference. And as again, I think what I found out uh, when we first started talking with Janos about doing this was the fact that, again, where Idaho is lagging far behind, we're what the only state that doesn't have anybody that's uh, a member of Just Leadership USA from Idaho. So hopefully his part other, other than you, Mark. I know, other than me. I am there. Yeah, okay, good. I am. But we need somebody that... You're out there in the desert. Uh, Janos is going to explain how to become a part of this organization and how to help us start fixing the making uh, working on solutions. So, you want to let us know how we do that? Absolutely. So, uh, we have a policy at Just Leadership that anybody who is uh, currently incarcerated in, in whether it's a pretrial detention facility or in prison or in any other correctional institution, you can become a free member of Just Leadership USA. And the way you do that is you write to Just Leadership USA. Uh, which is, and the address is 1900 Lexington Avenue, New York, New York, 10035. Uh, and I'll repeat that. It's just Leadership USA at 1900 Lexington Avenue, New York, New York, 10035. And if you send us uh, a letter uh, to that address requesting a membership pack, we will send you back um, information about the organization, ways that you can get involved. Uh, and from there, you'll be part of our regular communications. For folks who are uh, on, out on the outside, um, it's even easier because you can do it online. So you can go to justleadershipusa.org. That's one word, justleadershipusa.org. And I should mention that you know, membership um, for folks who are inside is free, and for people outside who, who don't have the means, um, you know, we're hoping to, to work on free membership as well. But uh, it's really great if folks on the outside can be supporting members at just a dollar a month. That's twelve dollars a year because those memberships help us do the work that we're doing inside of prison. 
I was telling Janos that I do a couple of the workshops for pre-release people. Uh, in particular, I've got one coming up at Idaho State Correctional Center out in the Pie Building in which we come out and give literature on my organization, which is called IMSI Hope Community Phase 2. And I will be there, and I, what I will have with me are information about just leadership. So if you're, in the, you're at ISCC and you want to make sure that uh, you attend the workshop on the 22nd of March, where I will be, and I'll have that information with me there too. Or go to the chaplain, or go to one of the case managers there, and we'll make sure that they have that information available, okay? So tell me where you think things are going uh, for Just Leadership USA in the next five years or so, sir. Sure. So one thing we haven't spoken about yet is uh, the advocacy work that we do. And it's really important to note that we're not just trying to abstractly lift up voices and, and, and talk about ending mass incarceration. We're also running campaigns to do it. So uh, as you may have heard, I, I was saying earlier, Rikers Island is the largest jail in New York City, one of the very largest in the country. And so we launched the Close Rikers campaign two years ago with the goal of shuttering the jail complex, dramatically reducing the number of people in New York City who are in jail and pretrial detention, and fixing other aspects of the criminal justice system, like our broken bail policy. And... Uh, here we are about you know, less than two years after we started, and we have commitments from New York City government and New York State government to close Rikers Island. So that is happening right now. Um, it is going to take a little while, obviously, and it's complicated. Um, and we haven't gotten everything say how many want, people are in. Say how many people are on Rikers Island, because I don't think Right. Like... So in New York State jails, you have about 9,000 folks today, about 800 people on a daily basis. That number used to be over 10,000 when we started this campaign. And we're going to try to cut it to five thousand. And to give you uh, a perspective, Giannis, to give you a perspective, Giannis, everybody in the st- incarcerated in the state of Idaho is just under nine thousand in the whole t- in the entire state. So, wow, okay. yeah. So I mean, the scale of the problems we're dealing with in New York, you know, can be pretty daunting. But uh, the fact is, you know, Rikers Island, which had fourteen thousand jail beds, you know, all of those buildings are going to be shut down. Something the island is going to be used for something far more productive that can actually help the community. And I think and the so, key too, the key yeah. too, if I'm, and I cut you off and I get letters, yeah, sure. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I don't. But the key too is you're looking at the entire system in terms of probation to parole to uh, warehousing mm-hmm. before, incarc- before they go to trial. And that's a huge effort, which obviously Idaho needs to look at also too. So address that too as you're talking about the numbers, please. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we say close Rikers so that people understand what the, the end goal is is here, but really the Close Records campaign is not just about shuttering a, a facility or even a series of facilities. It's about um, fixing pretrial detention, that's bail reform, that's reforming our court process, such as speedy trial. It's also about giving support to people who need it, right? If you have mental health issues, that it should not be that New York City, the best place to treat that in New York City is inside of a jail. It should be in the community. And finally, as you suggest, if people are on parole or if they've come home, we should be figuring out how to help those folks get housing and get employment, not trying to catch people with technical parole violations that are just going to kick them back into the system. So these are all different pieces that have to be worked out for, for us to end New York's broken policies, and every state has a different version of these broken policies. Um, I haven't found any states that you know are doing bail the way they ought to or are doing uh, parole the way they ought to. Um, so we all have different problems, but they come from the same place, and that's uh, you know, decades of looking to punish people first rather than support them. So that's the overall framework we're trying to change. So when you ask me where I see Just Leadership going, the Close Rikers campaign was our first campaign, but we now have five campaigns, soon to be six, happening all over the country, places like Los Angeles, Milwaukee, South Carolina, 
so that is only going to continue to um, continue to be just leadership's role in this space to uh, launch ambitious campaigns uh, all over the country where the goal is to reduce the number of people in jail and prison and transform the criminal justice system. Okay. So, like I said, I think uh, we're we're hitching our wagon up to people who know what they're doing, and hopefully we're going to gain some insight from them as we go forward, because uh, as most of the people in the desert or the people who are listening to me know, uh, we have many, many uh, huge tasks in terms of looking at the system here. And I think if we just start by educating people about how much it costs and how crazy the system is in terms of support on the outside, but also just the absurd way that we address our incarceration here in Idaho, we've got a major task. And uh, as you can see, it looks like we're going to have leadership to kind of help us go forward in, in, in that effort. So where would we be in 10 years? Well, you know, our motto is cut the U.S. correctional population half by 2030. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that you've mentioned parole a couple of times and that you have this show that's focused on parole issues because um, we're not just trying to cut the jail and prison population half, we're trying to cut the U.S. correctional population half because as long as you're on parole, you're really you're still going to be su- suffering under the same system that's going to put you at risk of going back to jail and prison for minor offenses or technical violations. And to us, that's also not the direction we want the country to go. So there's about 6.5 million people under correctional supervision right now in the United States, and we're trying to cut that number in half by 2030. So when you say, well, will just leadership be in 10 years? Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty close to 2030. My hope is that at that point, we've had a lot of campaigns that have successfully changed policies at the local level. By that time, we'll have trained thousands of leaders around the United States, including hopefully uh, leaders uh, in Idaho, uh, to, to take matters into their own hands, because we're never going to be able to be everywhere. And there's always going to be problems in every county and every state. And so a lot of what we hope to do as an organization is empower people who are currently informally incarcerated to be the leaders in their own neighborhoods, in their own uh, towns, cities, and states um, to push for ending mass incarceration the way they know best. Yeah, what I also can tell you we're doing, since we do this PowerPoint, and the PowerPoint that we share with groups is is actually delivered by people who are, ter- are returning citizens themselves. And what you see in the, the backbone there, they almost stand taller as they're giving us information out. They understand mm-hmm. that they are a part of the process of changing this. And there's almost a pride in terms of coming out of changing the effort to uh, educate Idahoans on what it's like to be on parole. It's a very powerful thing to watch. And so I think we're doing twofold situations. We're allowing people to get involved with it if they have a heart or a feel for that. And at the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to reach out and touch me and get in touch with me and we can uh, get you involved with it. But it's very powerful from all ends. It educates people and it also gives us the voice, if you will, to stand forward and to go forward and make change. So uh, I'm excited about 2018 and the future. And I'm excited about the things that we can do here. There is a tremendous amount of work to do here in Idaho. And uh, with Janos' uh, support and the organization's support, I think we'll, we're going to be successful and it's going to be an exciting future. Thank you so much for being with us today, Janos. Before you leave, though, let's give out to people who scramble to get a piece of paper out there. Yeah, sure. Okay, let's give the address for you're incarcerated and you want to be involved with this. It's free. So let's write Just Leadership USA. You want to give them the address? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me, and good luck to you and to um, everybody who's working to change Idaho. And so first, for people who are on the outside, justleadershipusa.org is the website. You can find out information there about how to become a supporting member. And now for folks on the inside, uh, you want to mail a letter requesting membership to Just Leadership USA at 1900 Lexington Avenue, 
New York, New York, 10035. And if you send us that letter, we will get back in touch with you very soon. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today, sir. Okay, I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Take care, Mark. Okay. Baby, whenever you call me, I'll be there. Whenever you want me, I'll be there. Whenever you need me, I'll be there. I'll be around. Again, I want to thank Giannis for uh, spending some time with us all the way from New York City to talk to us about. This is an exciting organization, guys. You're sitting out there. This is a letter you need to write. Mail will come back to you. You can be a part of this process. If you are listening to my voice and you're on the outside and you're anything that we said here touches your heart and you want to get involved, I'm easy to reach. You can reach me at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can email me at systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram at Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone at area code 208 4771006. We look forward to seeing you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin. Thank you so much.